Hello and welcome to the Hybrid Hangout podcast. In today's episode we are, maybe sadly, going to be talking about the first game of the WSL season for Arsenal, which of course was a 1-0 defeat to Liverpool at home at the Emirates. So before we get into it, I don't want these to be taken as excuses, but I do think it's important to note the caveats of the game. Obviously, it's been a very, very interrupted pre-season. So yes, while Liverpool did have lots of injuries and also quite a few COVID cases, um, they actually only had five players on the bench for Liverpool. However, however, despite Arsenal definitely still having more depth to the squad and obviously some world-class players, I do think the Nations League, so now not just the fact that there's been no break between the World Cup and the Champions League, but also the fact that the Nations League then once again interrupted any rhythm that was being given to the pre-season training. Realistically, they've only had one to three weeks at max as a whole team together, and that's not including the fact that they've now, obviously at the very end of the signing period, signed Kyra Cooney Cross. So I do think we need to allow the team time to gel. I think that's absolutely vital. However, I am completely on board and I'm I kind of agree that you can only use those excuses for so long, um, which I don't think any of the team are using excuses. Jonas Hadavar himself apologised for the performance. However, I think we just have to stick with it and go again. There's been there was a lot of talk on social media, and it was just it was getting a bit toxic. Um, and if there's anyone new watching, I promise Arsenal play a lot more exciting than that normally. But um, you know, it's, it's tough, but that's how football goes sometimes. You win some, you lose some, but you stick together. Before we delve into the game, let's talk about one of the big positives, which is, of course, the new WSL record of 54,115 at the game. I think that is absolutely huge. There was so much excitement going into the ground, like there was such a buzz on the underground and things. And also, not that there's a problem with wearing men's shirts to women's game or women's shirts to men's games, you know, etc., etc., but it was really exciting to see so many people and also just so many subsections of society um, wearing the women's shirts as well. Like it wasn't just little children who I think predominantly are the people I've seen in the past wearing the names on their shirts in terms of like the biggest group. So that was also really exciting. And I saw that um, Leah Williamson's mum said that she was really excited to see so many Leah Williamson's like sick shirts and around the Emirates, which I thought was so sweet. But now, let's get into the game. So, for me, one of the things that absolutely stands out is the fact that when the teams select their player of the match, so obviously for Arsenal, that's done by the Supporters um, Association, our player of the match was Jen Beattie, but Liverpool's equivalent was Rachel Laws, who is their goalkeeper. And I think that tells you a whole lot about the game before you even dive into the analysis of it all. And of course, one of the sad things about the game was that we did not see Beth Mead in action. I think we all assumed that it was very, very likely that she would get some minutes off the bench. Probably not many, but a few. And I think that was also supported by the fact that A, Jonas had kind of hinted at it himself in his press conference, saying that we'd see her very soon with quite a grin on his face, which which was lovely. But also, I think the natural assumption that the state of the game would allow for Beth to come on because this is the first time we've lost to Liverpool in about six years, I believe. So obviously, I think this is something people are going to have to remember going forward. It has to be the right game time for Beth me to come on. Like, it's not fair to put her on with that pressure when we're 1-0 down. I think, if you know what I mean, like it's going to depend on the state of the game. 
so let's dive into the game so Arsenal's pressure was huge from the get-go with 12 corners by the break um, but there was just nothing to show from it. There was a lot of pressure. Rachel Laws admittedly was making some good saves, but there was a lot of balls coming in. It just, it wasn't having that clinical edge, that clinical finish that we got a bit more used to in the latter stages of the season. Um, you know, when we were seeing those like worldies by Katie McCabe and Frieda and so such. But then when we came back from the break, it took just three minutes for play to resume and for Liverpool to get the ball off of Catley nutmeg Leavolti, which is not something we see very often let me tell you and then via a missy bokern's kind of movement which was quite impressive um the ball gets to taylor and she scores her first goal for the club so i'd have then made changes a little later on into the game to inject some much needed energy um i think these are the right changes pullover lena hertig amanda elastet but it just was to no avail. And I also feel that once that goal went in, the atmosphere died down a little bit and the game itself had died down. And then there was obviously a lot of time wasting from Liverpool. Um, to me, it was excessive. I mean, obviously every team does it. However, it's if there wasn't any doubt before, there certainly can't be any now, that the WSL is heading the same way as the Premier League with uh, takes on time wasting. Obviously, there was a lot of yellow cards for Liverpool and there was a card for Katie McCabe as well. Haha, <laughs> I know. Um, which obviously can sometimes feel like soft yellows, but I think the players have been told, the teams have been told that this is how we're going now and this was all absolutely confirmed when there was a whole 10 minutes of added time. But just looking at the stats on possession, Arsenal had 61% and Liverpool had 39% and the shots on target were pretty poor from both teams but shots in general was very very high from Arsenal but still fairly low from Liverpool and this is what I mean about just lacking that ability to get the ball in the net like it just it wasn't there and you could see that the team was really growing in frustration and I feel we saw that in the balls that were being sent through and across it was it was getting increasingly desperate the closer we got to full time ultimately I don't think this game requires some like high level in-depth no one understands what happened kind of analysis because it was so visible like sometimes the simplest things are the most effective um, and ultimately Arsenal were just a bit ropey and seemed unable to make those clear-cut passes that we're used to seeing the balls also moved around really really slowly and there was just like a lack of chemistry in terms of the ball placement and where the ball wanted to be um, whereas Liverpool in comparison they very much played as one singular unit and they also just stuck to the game plan it wasn't particularly mind-blowingly new tactics but it was very very effective and Matt Beard also kind of commented the same thing that he knew what to expect from Arsenal and they made sure that they were very well drilled on the game plan so Liverpool obviously pushed Arsenal wide in their attacking areas so that they had to kind of just put the crosses into Liverpool's box like they couldn't go direct or through the midfield which is often how we like to play and that's also where a lot of our speed on the ball comes from so you can see how this game kind of unfolded just in this on its own and then you're essentially putting the ball into Liverpool's three centre-backs and they all had very good games there was a few times where we got it past them but to be honest it was more of a hit and hope as the game went on 
So one of the big factors in this game is that Noel Maritz was injured. We did know this going in from the press conference. However, it seemed unlikely she was going to play because she was going to have to go through a later slash last minute kind of medical to see if she was fit. Obviously, that didn't work out. So she picked up a knock during her time away with Switzerland. And obviously, then that is only leaving a few days because of when the Nations League ended kind of in the week and then we were playing on Sunday. It's not a lot of time to get your game plan together and also drill the team on those plans. Um, and also, the biggest issue from Noel Maritz's injury is that we don't have a different right back. Obviously, last season with Laureen Reuter and Noel Maritz, that was a stunning performance from both of them really really pushing to be the number one and that worked great however La Ravimorita now has her ACL injury very sadly but she is making progress which is great um so now we don't particularly have a solution um and of course just Arsenal's luck the one area that we're really low on compared to all the other I think there's a lot of areas where people would say we're stacked which is a positive much like how Chelsea are as well um but of course the one area we're not it becomes a problem where we would predominantly put Noel Maritz and it didn't work out. So as a result, Arsenal boss Jonas Eideval played Katie McCabe and Chloe Lacasse as wing-backs and then had a back three of Lotte Vubamoy, Jen Beattie and Steph Catley. And I think the fact that one injury meant we had to kind of change a whole system and how we played was very representative of the game. And then, of course, on top of that, Liverpool were very good at utilising this sloppiness. Not all teams are good at that. When other teams play bad, it can bring down their performance as well. But Liverpool definitely knew what they were doing, and they were very, very good at interrupting the rhythm of play as well. I've seen a few comments about a lot of individual performances, and don't get me wrong, I think individually it wasn't amazing. However, one thing that I would like to clear up is Alessia Russo. I personally don't think she had a bad game through a fault of her own I think she just had very limited service and that's why she was quite quiet but if you were watching her game she was working so hard and I'm, I'm glad that she didn't play the full 90 to be honest because it, it was a lot of off the ball work from her as well. I also kind of think that Pulova should have started and it'll be interesting to see if Pulova starts against Manchester United on Friday because she definitely injected some energy into the game. Obviously, it didn't really lead to anything in particular, like, goal-wise, but I do feel like she had an impact on the game. And then, of course, let's talk about Manu Zinsberger. I think it was quite shaky from her, and I don't think the goal was directly her fault. I think there was a lot of factors at play, although I think I would have expected a more convincing kind of dive towards the ball, if we're being completely honest. But ultimately, I don't think there was one individual that was to blame. I do feel it was just simply a sloppy performance. And I think now that we're back in full training, hopefully those little errors that built up over the game will be back and we'll get quicker on the ball just because we'll be more used to each other's playing style. Obviously, they've all been away a lot more recently with their national teams. In a lot of those cases, they all play very, very different styles of football. So my takeaway is, yeah, it kind of sucks right now. We've had the Champions League loss, then the knowledge that we're not going to play Champions League for a whole year. And now we we had this and I myself said, you know, we need to make a statement and it needs to be the next big thing. And obviously it just didn't work out. But I think all we can do 
is stick together and continue on this path because I do feel that we have a manager with some very very high IQ in football and we have these world cast players and it's just about putting the pieces of the puzzle together and you know having a well-oiled machine and I do think that's going to take a little bit of time but I obviously understand the frustration and I feel it too but ultimately I think it's going to be very very interesting to see what happens on Friday at United in terms of like who is starting and so such I think that would be really telling of the lessons that we've learned from the Liverpool game. As we know Arsenal now sit in 10th but I don't think anyone needs to worry too much obviously because think about so Leicester currently sit top and Chelsea are in fourth despite the fact that they won like to look at the table now in my opinion obviously it's it's wonderful if your team are top but I think everyone knows it doesn't particularly mean anything too deep so maybe just don't look at the table this week goodness and obviously something just to hold on to just makes it a bit easier to move on obviously remember Liverpool did beat Chelsea last season in their opening game of the season and they went on to win the league so you never know you never know that's it from me this week I just wanted to keep it short and sweet get to the root of the problem and let's hope for improvements on Friday thank you so much for listening bye